1: and helping me find something I'm looking for. What are you waiting for? Head to either of their locations in Centennial or Highlands Ranch and follow them on Facebook to stay up to date on their latest specials.
2: And this go ball in the air, deep right center go. field. is high in the air deep left field take a
1: good look you won't see it for long I don't lose your love
2: tonight. welcome into the bsn rockies podcast presented by the green solution Visit any one of their 17 Colorado locations or browse their entire inventory online at mygreensolution.com. Reserve products online and pick up at your local TGS Express checkout. You'll be in and out in minutes. Use code BSN20 for 20% off your entire purchase. Now, let's jump into the show. I am your host, Drew Creaseman, and alongside me for this episode is BSN Rockies beat writer Patrick Lyons, and I wanted to have him along for this one specifically because we must discuss his brainchild, the most recent new feature on BS and Rocky something I'm really excited that we're going to get to do for a little while here so we're going to jump into what all of that is about what we're doing here how you can get involved in the entire thing and then we'll get specifically into the the first battle that we had and talk about some of the pros and cons uh, that we discussed and maybe some that weren't mentioned in the article I did want to remember to mention here up front that uh, i saw a couple people leaving some reviews i can't thank you guys enough spencer thank you for the little one sentence review as i always say it does help people find us give us a five star rating if you're a big fan of the podcast on stitcher or itunes wherever you happen to be listening and also subscribe to bsndenver.com very specifically so that you can read articles like the new falls count anywhere Uh, patrick this was your idea with the two of us being gigantic professional wrestling nerds in addition to being gigantic baseball nerds it seemed like just too perfect of an idea that you and i are always talking back and forth it's a big part of this job just like anyone else would be about what the rockies are doing but it's not always just what the rockies are doing or could be doing or should be doing sometimes it's what the mets are doing and sometimes it's just what what is baseball doing and it's going to give us, I think, a lot of opportunities to have these fun conversations. So basically how it works is we carve out a topic. He and I pick opposite sides or maybe just different sides. They don't even necessarily have to be clashing, but we're competing for your votes, as it were. We want to see who you think made the most compelling argument. And we also want to hear with uh, from you on certain topics that we can debate in the future for sure. Uh, but let's begin at least, Patrick, with uh, what was the inception, if I may, of, of, of this idea? I feel like I got a text from you, and, you were, and it was just almost a, a fully-fledged idea, and I was like, yeah, of course, why don't we do this? Why aren't we doing this already?
0: <laughs> Huge baseball fans that we are, you and I, we, we talk about all of baseball, uh, whether it's something going on in the NL West or in the National League or, hey, what's going down in the American League, including different things in South Korea. We've had Sung Wan oh be with the Rockies. Ichiro got his 3,000th hit here a few seasons ago. So, of course, we're talking about the NPB, the Nippon Professional Baseball League over in Japan. And baseball exists everywhere on our, our planet, and it's continuing to grow. So uh, the impetus was ultimately about, you know what, besides just covering the Rockies and talking about them, what else is going on in, in the baseball world? And, and so much of that does involve the Rockies. And even when it doesn't, like our initial episode and version uh, of False Count Anywhere, you know what, it's still a fun topic that baseball fans are really going to enjoy. And I said, you know what, since we tend to agree with each other uh, for the most part on our podcast, I said, you know what, this actually could be an avenue where we might find more that we don't agree on because we have a little bit more time to sit and think and go, actually, you know what, Drew, I disagree with you on this. Or, you know what, Patrick, that's a fair point. But in actuality, I, I think I'm going to go the other way on that. So that's, that's ultimately where the idea came from. And, and, yes, as you mentioned, we're big wrestling fans. So the name Falls Count Anywhere just really kind of summarize the the whole ordeal of, of you and I going back and forth on various topics.
2: And that it could be about anything and on any topic at any time. And uh, so so that'll be the how it works for you uh, you can submit to us through email anytime Drew or Patrick at BS in Denver or hit us up on Twitter and let us know what you'd like to see us debate next but I, I really do like that it, it gives us this opportunity to have more of a conversation and and, and to give the readers and listeners uh, that insight because as much as you know we do some of that here on the podcast and we try to do as much of it as we can we also just hey a lot of a lot of us live in this modern world now where we've all got our own schedules that don't always line up and if we can write back and forth which we do a lot i think it allows people to see the the kind of conversation because so much of sports is is about it's what people are doing in their lives i'm sure they're Our brothers and and fathers and mothers and daughters uh, uh, who text each other about the Rockies every day. And so what we're basically trying to do is preserve that in a slightly more formal format here, uh, but but keep it conversational because uh, that's when sports are at their best, those water cooler moments, right? And we want you, the listener, to really
0: have to go on to BSN, Denver and go to those articles and continue the conversation so we can go back and forth and really you know, continue the community that we do have and, and make it even more hardcore for you guys so we know what it is that you want to talk about as well as your thoughts. And sometimes, you know, Mary uh, Pace, uh, we just saw her at Milk Market today, She she's great with that where she's not afraid to, to get involved on the, the chat boards that we have at BSN Denver. And she asks certain questions that, you know what, we need to follow up on that. That is a great point. That is some wonderful insight. So if you have those thoughts or questions, concerns, whatever it may be, we are that source for you to go in and get those answers for you as we are here, simply put, to serve you.
2: Right, right. And I think there's also an element to, to pull up the, um, the wrestling part of it. I think for the most part we're going to do our best to just argue from our actual positions. But I like the idea there's actually a, a wrestling podcast I listen to where sometimes people will suggest topics and they'll tell the people, you have to take this side, you have to take that side. And I do think there's merit sometimes yeah. to just making the argument, right? And I I think that that's been one of the things that's going to be so great about this is you don't even always necessarily have to think that's the only argument or that it is the best. Sometimes you have to play the baby face on an idea. Sometimes you have to play the heel. And I think it'll be fun for me because... I've had a difficult time. I, uh, I've been very stringent about I only write things that I absolutely 100% believe. And every once in a while, that can make it difficult to have a little fun or poke a little fun because that's not really my style. But I can make fun of you. I can poke fun of you. Yes, you can. <laughs> and, and, uh, and I think we can have a, a blast doing it. So, uh, Let's get into the first one then. And, yes. and so for those of you that read, uh, if you haven't yet, you can go back. Uh, we'll keep making we're going to do polls after each one you'll have the chance to vote for patrick or myself uh maybe we'll keep some kind of tally we should try to decide like when a season ends and and who gets a championship belt for a little while i can walk around with the belt i i took the first round by a, a narrow margin i mean it wasn't it wasn't a huge margin but uh we were debating about generally speaking uh, the expansion of the game and uh some of the best ways to do that And uh, I think it was a good example of the kind of topic because it's related to the Rockies, but it's also more related to baseball in general. And so it's also good to note that we split these up into three different topics. Again, it's almost like a best two out of three falls, right? You got to have that that odd number because if I make Mm -hmm. two good arguments and you make one good, or we both make good arguments, but you know what I mean? Like, hey, there's got to be that odd number. It's competition, it's sports here. That's what we're doing.
0: (laughs) Yeah, best two out of three. And if you win that battle, you, you ultimately are the the winner of the BSN belt. That's right.
2: right? we got to make an actual chat. belt. If this takes Four off, 15, someone out there, maybe uh, develop a belt for us. We'll wear it. We'll walk around like we're champions just for this. But uh, l- let's get into this a little bit because I think it was a, a great topic in general. And the first one that you started us with was the specialty game, uh, the, this notion. And it's... Again, this is something kind of interesting because I would never naturally just come out and argue against specialty games being played at high schools or being played in stadiums in other countries. And I thought you did a a really good job of talking about why those are are pretty awesome, right? Like, we all love a nice specialty game if you can get out there. Do you have any favorites that have happened in the last couple of years? Well, the Little League Classic, I was the one that just seems like a, a stroke of genius.
0: It, pretty much everything that Major League Baseball has done recently, uh, for the most part, has been you know, a wonderful idea from the London series to the Fort Bragg game a few years ago, some better than others. But the Little League Classic is just something fantastic you think about bringing major league baseball to a small minor league market like Williamsport um it's only a, a recently a minor league uh, city uh, you know of course it's part of the New York Penn League short season ball like we see in, in Grand Junction and in Boise with the Hawks and you know having major league baseball in a in a stadium that can really only hold a couple thousand filled entirely you know with with children Um, That are there for the Little League World Series. That's fantastic. That is promoting the game in the best possible way to the best possible audience and crowd. Uh, Forgetting about, you know, how much money you might not be making by, you know, not holding it, you know, in, in one of the normal locations, whether it's Pittsburgh, St. Louis, Philadelphia, depending on who's in the game. But it's just a great way of, of expanding the game, as the article says. And that, that's ultimately my favorite because no one can turn on the Little League World Series and not have a smile wipe across their face or not see the joy and the, the passion and the, this, the, the childhood enjoyment of the game of baseball right there on the field. And so to bring Major League Baseball to Williamsport, to be a part of that, again, is, is, is purely a stroke of genius.
2: Now, here's where I get to play the heel on <laughs> the joy of children. <laughs> but, but this is what's so fun about this, because I actually, of course, I agree with all of that. You would have to be a monster to disagree with all of that. On the other hand, I'll take issue with one thing you said in there, and this is how I did in the article, which was this. It is not the best way. Is it a nice way? Sure. Is it cool that baseball does that? Absolutely. Does it make some baseball fans for life very clearly. And, and, and that's a worthwhile endeavor. But as I said in the article, it's kind of like Netflix putting on a stage play. Like, it's a nice idea. And, and it'd be cool. I would go to a stage play, you know, hosted by Netflix. That's <laughs> like, it's a bad thing. But ultimately, it would be problematic if Netflix was doing that, but their primary service of streaming you stuff on the internet wasn't working. And for me baseball's really got to get their internet access stuff figured out, their streaming stuff figured out, their blackout stuff. And while it's not necessarily the same issue, you you brought up the word access. Having these little league specialty games or specialty games in other countries, they're great, but they're about bringing more access to the game. But if that person, if that young 13-year-old who just fell in love with the game because they were one of 2,500 people who got to watch the Yankees and Red Sox play at their middle school i I overdid a little maybe
0: maybe they'll have a the sandlot game someday maybe
2: i I would i would make a point of trying to go to such a thing at the same time the person at that game should be able to then get on their phone and subscribe to mlb network and not worry that whatever team is closest to them is going to be blacked out or be able to follow every single game on their phone. And so for me, that it, yeah, it's like I love that baseball's doing this, but let's spend a little bit of time and some resources on making sure that people who don't have the means to travel a bunch of miles to see a specialty game or don't happen to live in the neighborhood where you're doing it, everybody else in between, that's the great thing about the Internet and why baseball needs to embrace the Internet more. It's because it can reach all of those people and not just the ones who are lucky enough.
0: Yeah, that that's that is a great point you make. You know, I, Ken Saunders
2: I think was the one who pointed out. Yeah, Ken was like doing like homework, man. He was like our professor going through each argument, marking them up with red ink. I love it. He was. He was. He was the uh, Moro
0: Rinallo of our uh, of our battle going back and forth. Jim Ross, if you will. He, he called a good play-by-play.
2: Mamma mia! <laughs> oh, <my laughs> and, God! Depending on
0: how old you are. <laughs> that's right. You know, he, he pointed out that one of the phrases I use is first-hand experience, right? So, certainly, you know, someone in, in Williamsport would be a shame if they tried to turn on a Phillies game and it was blacked out because that's their team. The the Williamsport Crosscutters are associated with the with the Phillies. It's their rookie league affiliate or short-season affiliate. And getting blacked out, well... That takes away that firsthand experience. But ultimately, being able to go to that game, again, maybe only once in their life or you know, once every year when the Little League Classic goes there, um, that that's still some firsthand experience. But I think maybe to, to slightly counter your point, the use of the Internet is that when these games, these specialty games are held, and we'll talk about the other ones that are out there uh, in a moment, but if we're talking about the Little League Classic, that's bringing more eyes on social media to people who – wouldn't really care about the Phillies and Pirates playing a game against one another in front of 20,000 people on a Sunday. But now, when you see all these kids sitting behind home plate in in clusters of you know, 10 to 15, wearing all these different colors. Hey, what's going on? Oh, there's a team from Hawaii sitting next to a team from Japan, next to a team from Georgia, and they're all friends and they're palling around. Now that's going to, you know, get eyes on the Internet and social media, and I think that's another one of those positives that Major League Baseball can touch on in an instance like this.
2: And to help your argument out a little bit, there's, also, there's just no substitute in professional sports for being there live. I think any time you can be there and take it in live, especially as a kid, you're much more likely to fall in love with the game forever. Not that you can't on TV, uh, not that you can't by listening to it on the radio, but there's something about being there and witnessing it and these larger-than-life characters right out there in front of you. There's, there's no real replacement for that, but I do think they undercut the ultimate success of that when you can't follow up on it. Right? It's great to go and see it live, but we do live in a world now where the best way to keep up with something every day is to make sure you have access to it on your phone or your computer. And and so I think that, that yeah, that's ultimately uh, the best way to go. And speaking of having access to things on your phone or your computer, if you've got the Total Bev app. You can have all the Breck brews. You can even possibly handle, of course, drink responsibly out there. But... Uh, that Vanilla Porter, not quite in season yet, but we're getting close to the fall for the Porter the Stout. The Avalanche Amber is a great summer, summer beer. The Strawberry Sky, as you all know, is the beer of this summer. And I got to say, when we were out there at their facilities and they were showing us the Strawberry Sky, I was skeptical. But uh, I have been won over. It, is, it has been... It's basically just stocked in my fridge now. It's basically just what is in the fridge is is the Breckenridge Brewery Strawberry Sky. And you can use that Total Bev app to make sure they've got it uh, there at Total Bev. I I think they've got a few other things that you can go in and look at on that app and uh, make some orders. You can use the code BSN20 to get 20% off your order there. And uh, and you can double up. Anytime you help them out, you're helping us out. If you're a huge fan of BSN Denver and what we're doing here, and you also happen to drink beers, and I feel like there's probably some crossover there. Might be. <laughs> right? might be. Um, then why not go by Total Bev and get some Breck Brew? Because by helping them out, you're helping us out. Mention that BSN Denver sent you, and uh, they'll really appreciate it. We'll really appreciate it and we'll all be drinking beer and watching baseball. It's, all, it's a win-win-win scenario.
0: If your fridge is stocked full of this, can you drink this in the morning and, and, and technically call it a smoothie since it's a strawberry? I sky? think so. It's, I think it's
2: a smoothie. It's fruit. Yeah. It's, it's a salad, basically.
0: You're drinking a, a healthy alcohol-induced salad. <laughs> it's fantastic. I, I don't know what are you waiting for. You should be in your car right now go, right. going to get some.
2: Do, it, do we just recommend people wake up and immediately start drinking strawberry, Sky? Hey. heard of weirder things to do that's for sure Uh, and also we're having a a watch party down in Blake Street Tavern. I mean it's for the Broncos but the Rockies are playing that night they're out of town so I can be there Uh, I don't know Patrick if you've got plans Patrick's gonna be there on the 24th so if you don't have anything planned for that come on out hang out with us have a few free drinks and um get maybe a t-shirt you'll see we'll be some raffling some stuff but just talk baseball with us everyone else will be watching football we'll make sure there's a baseball table (laughs) hey if you're like me and you're trying to figure out how to be a mature refined adult or you just really like wine you have to check out my friends over at Weinster. Weinster is an innovative online direct to consumer wine club connecting wine drinkers with more than 110 of the best wineries in america today What makes Weinster special is that the majority of wineries they work with are too small to attract the attention of retailers, meaning not only are you getting access to some delicious and hard-to-find wines, you're also supporting real people making real wine, not one of the few large corporations producing most of the wines available in stores. With Weinster, all you have to do is sit back and relax as they curate a hand-picked shipment from the best small wine producers in the U.S., then when you fall in love with a couple of wines, as a club member, you can have them sent right back to your door with no shipping cost. I especially love Winester because it was founded by three CU Boulder alums. So sign up today with the code BSN25 to get $25 off your first shipment of wine and start being a real grown-up. That's W-I-N-E-S-T-Y-R. Uh, all right, I do want to get into the, the next point of conversation that we went over in the initial episode or edition of Falls Count Anywhere, Uh, and that was this notion that, again, if if we're going to better the access to the game of baseball for people out there, do we need to start with the more famous teams? This has typically been the concept, right? If you're going to play some games in London, export the Yankees and Red Sox. It's arguably the best rivalry in all of sports, certainly the most historied, and it makes sense. It makes a ton of sense in the world. So, Patrick, you made the argument. Let's, let's go ahead and hear again now. How does it benefit uh, the world, Major League Baseball, baseball fans to be exporting the very best of their product, I guess if you want to put it that way, when teams like the Yankees, the Dodgers, the Red Sox?
0: Well, by no means do I think it should exclusively be these major market teams, the Dodgers, Cubs, Yankees, Red Sox, those would obviously be the top four right now in the game. By no means should it be exclusively those. But, again, if you are starting something new and you want to get the most eyes on something, that is probably the best way to go about it. For those of us in America who might not follow soccer, and it pains me to say that because I do prefer to say football, football. as the rest of the world correctly calls the game that's used you know, with a ball that's touched by your foot, if As any- opposed to the one that we have where you pick it up with your hands and throw it. I know I'm going to get some hate for that.
2: If, if anything like perfectly describes how like aggressively arrogant and, and, and in many ways wonderfully arrogant yes. Americans can be, it's that we literally invented a game in which you do not touch the ball with your feet. We called it football, even though the most popular sport in the world was already called football. (laughs) Drew, uh,
0: you're mistaken. They do use their feet in football uh, only when they fail. Right. Yes. If you do a bad job at something, then you use your feet.
2: Bring in the skinny
0: white guy and see if he can kick it 50 yards. Precisely. But ultimately what I'm getting at is, is football or soccer here in America. You think about... Someone like, you think about a team like Manchester United or Chelsea, Liverpool, Arsenal. Yeah, those are four of the big clubs. Manchester City now has obviously become one of those as well. But if you're trying to convince people here in America to go to more soccer games or to even just go to a a single game at mile high, then you're going to want Manchester United in that game. As cool as it would be for someone like Leicester City or... Nottingham Forest. These I was going to
2: say Tottenham Hotspur, but they're good now, right? Didn't they go on a really long – they had a longer yeah. stretch than the Cubs of not winning a championship, but Tottenham's good now.
0: Yes, yeah. I'm, I'm a Hotspur fan along with a couple of other Rockies. That might be the biggest team that's supported
2: by the Rockies. Murphy,
0: McGee, and uh, Scott Oberg, all, all Hotspurs fans. But if you went for these, one of these smaller teams – no one no one knows who lester city is they also aren't going to pronounce it that because it's not spelled like john lester right uh l e s c s worcestershire sauce like exactly yeah which is also a team in the coca-cola championship league getting that reference you are a big soccer fan so anyway um but yes if you're going to export as far as the field of dream game goes Field of Dreams game, uh, goes, you know, the White Sox are the nearest team uh, to that, along with the Cubs. So they are in that game, and that's wonderful. And, you know, the Yankees being a part of that more than anything is is probably a coincidence they could have i think had just about any team in there and it would have been a fantastic idea that anybody would have been head over heels for you could have the angels and say oh look at that hollywood comes back to iowa in fact that's probably a better idea now that i say that out loud <laughs> yeah. but you know that that like i said could could be more of a coincidence than anything just a scheduling uh thing if you will but after that, you know, who cares who's playing in Iowa? If it is even still, you know, the Marlins versus the Rockies, people are gonna to want to go to Dyersville, Iowa to visit the the site where they film Field of Dreams and go to the house and go to the field, see the corn in the background. Imagine that final scene of those cars, you know, just coming in because if you build it, they will come. So what you're saying is people will come. That's right. People will come, Ray. They will most definitely yeah. come. Fun fact is none of those cars were moving in that final scene.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, they had a traffic jam.
2: situation has got to be a nightmare. <laughs> yeah. They, they had
0: an issue when they were filming that scene where all the cars, they came in and, hey, if you want to be in this movie, drive your car. And they, they couldn't go anywhere. So they got creative and they told everybody to flick their lights on and off, on and off. And that created the illusion of cars traveling. So if you go That's back cool. and watch that scene, you might be able to pick it out ever so slightly. But, man, Even knowing that fact, you can't tell. So, you know, again, I'm okay with you know the the Yankees and and Red Sox not being a part of it, but particularly when you're going to other countries and new locations, I think that that cachet
2: is going you know to be super important. And and that's obviously correct, right? There's there's no way around that. It's just the case. And even beyond like them being more famous names or more famous brands that people across the world want to be associated with, they're oftentimes the best teams. Let's be honest with ourselves. And to some degree, if you're selling your products, no matter what your product is, you want to sell the very best version of it. You want people to see how good these Yankees are and and make you fall in love with the game of baseball. But like you were alluding to there, I, I do think that the game, more than in other sports, the NBA is sold by its superstars. The, the NFL is very much a superstar game. And sometimes I wish baseball was better at this. But more than those sports, I think the game sells itself. You go to the game. Like you said, people will come. They'll come to Iowa to watch the Rockies play the Marlins because it's baseball. And they might not have had it there before. But as we were going through this, one of the things that really struck me was that my first thought was just other markets need it more. If you're going to grow the game in in other places, why not grow it in places that could use a few more extra fans? And, of course, I thought of the Seattle Mariners. And when Ichiro became a member of that team and the way the Japanese community fully embraced him and was able to make all of a sudden Seattle one of the more profitable teams in baseball for a little while there just because of him or probably a bigger example of this happened in the NBA – with, of course, Yao Ming. Now, Houston's not a small market, but they're not. The Houston Rockets are not the L.A. Lakers or the Boston Celtics or the San Antonio Spurs. And going back those 20 years when he first started, again, Houston didn't have
0: that same size uh, of me- me- metropolitan area like, like they do now. So right. it was even smaller than it is now. I know it's, it's about third in the U.S., but it was much smaller back then. Right.
2: And you have to wonder almost how much of that has something to do with Yao Ming. I mean, they sold a lot of jerseys. And you saw it in like MVP voting. And I think actually what Yao Ming did for Tracy McGrady's MVP voting is a great example of what we're talking about here. It's like, you want to grow the game of baseball, the Yankees are going to get their fans. But if you start shining light on some of these other teams, the Minnesota Twins are a great example. There's some players on that team that I don't know well enough. I don't have my Max Kepler scouting report down and I should. This guy's a hell of a ball player. Miguel Sano, the things that uh, Nelson Cruz is doing this year. And so, those are the kinds of places that i think could use the extra boost could use the fans because if you're gonna have a specialty game you might get fans in other parts like we know like there are rockies fans in austria for example or or uh, you know i know there are plenty back in new england and and so if you're gonna grow fans why not you know have, have out of market fans for places like houston seattle uh, some of these other teams that could really use it. Do the Yankees re- and Dodgers really need more fans? I think they're set. I think they do okay. Uh, so while it may help grow the game, you know, ultimately, uh, if we're just creating more and more Yankees fans for life out of people who've never been to New York in their lives, uh, and there are plenty of those out there, uh, you know, ah, there's a part of me that just struggles with it. It's like, no, let's, let's make some more fans of the. I mean, Houston's doing fine now, but remember, just a few years ago. The Houston Astros couldn't get 15,000 people in the ballpark. And maybe the solution is ultimately the current stories
0: going on in the game are exciting. Like you said, all the ones you brought up, particularly the Twins, how exciting they've been. Now, next year, we don't know who the exciting clubs are going to be. We don't know who the great young players that might be in AA right now come up and take the world by storm, like Peter Alonzo and Fernando Tatis Jr. We don't know who they are yet, so to schedule that in advance, you don't know. So maybe part of the solution could be, and I'm not sure how they would do something like this, but you could do it with the Little League Classic, being here in America. Same thing with the Field of Dreams game, is wait until you get closer to that deadline. And all of Major League Baseball, and I'm not sure if this would be a collective bargaining agreement issue, but all of the, the players and the teams agree, like, look, Whoever the hot team is, kind of like how they do uh, you know, with, with some of the Sunday night games, how the channels end up flexing out and deciding you know, what that game is going to be, say, okay, look, this is the series that we want to see, and, and here are the, the exciting young players. And you have to be careful of that because we, we do see that going on with Sunday night baseball on, on ESPN and, and these other you know primetime games. It typically ends up being the same teams over and over again. ESPN finally came uh, to Coors Field in April for the first time in, what was it, 15 years? It had been a while. Yeah, it had been so a minute. It had been a while. So we still could have that same issue, but there might be a way to say, you know, it with some of these games in the, the contiguous United States, that it's going to be kind of a late decision. Because we also don't know, too, uh, in April, if a player like Fernando Tatis is going to be playing. Because right now, if in May, one of the most exciting players in the game, Tatis Jr., we, we don't know that we can count on him for a game in in August or in September right. because right now he's done for the season, right? It, it was just announced Friday afternoon that, that he's done. So even the Little League Classic uh, coming up here, he wouldn't have been eligible you know, to play. He's hurt. So you'd have a, a much smaller window to kind of make that decision if, if, if you're going to base it around one solitary player. So – uh, I, I think, yeah, the solution is somewhere in between there to really try to include some of those smaller market teams. And I think over time that will happen once certain uh, specialty games do get cemented as being these these classic games that
2: every team should get a chance to be a part of. Yeah. And, I, and I think that will happen, too, more and more as we see it expand to more places. And and maybe we see even baseball itself expand to a few more places. So that will be our final topic of conversation on the other side of a quick commercial break.
1: Strava craft coffee offers CBD rich hemp oil infused coffees. This 5280 editor's choice for top coffee roaster is an essential part of the day, helping you wake up, fuel up and achieve your goals. It gets me up. It gets me going. I, I'm like, i becoming pretty, pretty caffeine like uh, tolerant. So they're stronger. Like, so it actually wakes me up and gets me going. Get a bag of this award-winning coffee at StravaCraftCoffee.com.
2: Welcome back into the BSN Rockies podcast presented by The Green Solution. Drew Kreisman alongside Patrick Lyons here, finishing off our conversation on the Falls Count Anywhere topic of generally expanding the game of baseball. Our third pillar of this debate has to do with uh, discussing which cities. Could best hold either an individual game or I'll expand it out now. I, I started to do so. That maybe even baseball could expand too. Let's begin with the first one before we get real big, because I know you had some I- interesting things that you pointed out in the article that, like, I never would have thought of. Like, yeah, why don't they have? a singular specialty game in Germany or you know that would be really fantastic and you forget about some of these places that have more of a baseball tradition that aren't always as celebrated as Japan and Latin America or the United States. So, What are some of the more kind of off the radar places that you think uh, could handle such a specialty game here in the near future? Whatever teams are playing in them, where should we see some games?
0: Well, handling the game is is a separate issue, uh, but it's probably a very short issue because, as we saw down in North Carolina at Fort Bragg, they were able to create this ball field that, you know, again, could only hold a couple thousand people. But they had a a major league game down there back in 2016, so it can go down anywhere. So, again, we got the Little League Classic where there's got that history in Williamsport. You, of course, have uh, that now going on next season, the Field of Dreams game. In the past, they've had. Uh, a Cooperstown game. There's been I, I've I went to several games uh, back in the day, as it were, with my father when we would go to the Hall of Fame for induction weekend. In fact, I believe it was '95 uh, before A. Rod uh, had made his major league debut. He came in late in the game. I, I didn't know if he was a prospect. Uh, not sure. P- it was an exhibition game at the time. Uh, but the kind of fun fact is that I can actually say I saw Alex Rodriguez in Cooperstown. And I don't know if anyone else will ever (laughs) be able to say that. (laughs) Uh, Didn't remember it, didn't know it at the time, but I can say that. So, you know, going back to to play a a game at Doubleday Field is something that certainly would be interesting if it was considered a, a regular season game. And um, Corey Sullivan has, of course, played a game there in the Cooperstown Classic. They kind of have an old-timers day game there uh, during the summer with a representation from all 30 teams, which is, again, another, another fun kind of auxiliary thing having to do with baseball. But um, the, the one big one that I came up with, of course, was in Alaska at the Midnight Sun game. So the Alaskan Baseball League is a collegiate summer league, much like Cape Cod League, which is the big one that... Uh, a large majority of the players of the Rockies and all around Major League Baseball have have played, and that's fantastic. You may have seen that in the fantastic Matthew Lillard vehicle, Summer Catch, <laughs> and uh, starring <laughs>
2: Freddie Prince Jr.
0: Yeah, yeah, it should it should have been co-starring, but with with Matthew Lillard getting the top billing. But that that's a topic for another day. Um, and uh, Cape Cod being a big one, Northwoods League is is becoming kind of the the other top or the the number two and in, in collegiate. Uh, summer leagues, but the one in Alaska used to be one of the the top, top summer collegiate leagues where when the baseball season is over for the college players, they go and they they apply their trade all around the United States uh, using wood bats, uh, some for the first time. So it would be really neat uh, to not only have a game in Alaska, but really the first major league baseball game in the U.S. outside of the continental or contiguous United States. So having a game up there in Fairbanks where they have a midnight sun game where it's usually about June 21st every year. The the sun never gets below the horizon. I, I think it does eventually, maybe for an hour. But ultimately, it stays sunny throughout the night through midnight. So I don't know if you'd want to have a, a game that, that starts at 1030, which they do up there. That would be, uh, I'm not even sure if that's Pacific Standard Time. It might even be one time zone after that. That would be pretty late, but that could be the intro to, again, this, this summer collegiate game uh, at this small little field that, again, they could figure out a way to hold a couple thousand, and that would be, again, that would be something really neat, and, and who knows, maybe even capture the imagination of, of a few more Canadians up there in, in, in way northern Canada, perhaps even in Nunavut. Uh, I, I know my provinces and go. territories of Canada. So I'm gonna it's a, I'm gonna drop a Nunavut there uh, as well as the Yukon territory, and I, I think that would be again something that's kind of neat to do. Obviously, a game in, in Hawaii would be you know fantastic as well as well because again facilities is not uh, a reason to, to say no to a certain place
2: because they can they can facilitate that, uh, no pun intended. You know, and I really want to see one uh, a game that is played in twilight, but the whole time. <laughs> That's one of the you know so that, that Alaska thing has definitely got me intrigued and and obviously, there are other places too, and just you know as- as you have pointed out, the contiguous United States that could handle uh that and would love to see it that have great baseball traditions, but I did go uh the Latin America route with it, particularly I think Mexico and Puerto Rico are places where it just makes too much sense to export the game in as many ways. As possible, while I think it's nice to help grow it in some places that would maybe be a bit starved for it, that would love to have baseball because they haven't, Uh, quite frankly, the Latin American world has produced more Hall of Fame baseball players and just extraordinary athletes of the game than any other place outside of the United States. There is a passion and love for the game. It's a massive party we saw with some of these specialty contests that have been played, even in Cuba and in Puerto Rico. And uh, But I, I really think particularly Mexico City or Monterey uh, would do a phenomenal job of hosting a game. And I think there are even places where... If you did this type of thing one or two times, you really could lay the groundwork for more permanent expansion for Major League Baseball into these places that I do believe can handle it because of their deep love for the game anyway. They're just they're going to sell out. They're going to do all of the things. But they're also going to bring their own history and culture of watching the game of Singing and playing different kinds of music and all of the things that that come with it, and so I just think it's another way to add a great level of diversity to the game that it desperately needs because it oftentimes doesn't look like it embraces these cultures in, in ways that it should. That it's it, you know that it's uh, more you kind of have to give that up now that you're over here in America, and I and I'd like to see more of an expansion that way and and a. Giving back to, we've seen, and we've talked a little bit about this, and, and there are debates about how much of it really was Coors Field, but we've seen what Coors Field has done for lower downtown Denver, and what, if you're really smart about it, bringing baseball to a community can do to to build up that community, and so why not do that in some of these places where these guys are from? We've reported on Tapia being from one of the poorest regions of the dominican republic why not allow some of the money that he and his countrymen there are plenty of dominicans in the game of baseball that they're making and so not just the money that they're making that they have to send home why not have some of the revenue that comes into major league baseball go back to those countries and those communities where so many of these phenomenal baseball players come from
0: I, i absolutely would love to see that you know Uh, A game being played in in San Pedro de Macorís and in Dominican Republic Uh, very well could be something that goes down, you know. Uh, You've got several players from Venezuela here on the Rockies team. It would be fantastic to see a a game down there, but I think obviously one of the the big barriers to having that is obviously some civil unrest in those countries and and the safety and and kind of, you know, uh, we we see it during the World Cup or or during the Olympics every four years, there are these, you know, cities and, and countries that host the games in ultimately they, they put this gigantic monstrosity of a stadium that they're gonna use for the next three weeks to a month and then, you know, the rest of the community that's around it is still gonna be poor and, and hungry and, and, you know, going to be suffering right. but all the funds, you know, go towards that and, and nothing really else comes of it. So I, I really would welcome that and I think that is something that Major League Baseball would love to do, you know, given the correct circumstances. I think we've we've seen some of that already happen in Puerto Rico and in Mexico. Some some of those better and, and safer and stable locations, and and uh, I definitely hope they continue to happen. And you know, to go back to a guy like Max Kepler that you mentioned, that was another one of my examples. Was you know possibly having a game in somewhere like Germany, you know, near near an Air Force Base, because there have been a lot of German-born players. Um, I also point out in the article about. Bert Blylevin, whose full name is Rick, R-I-K, Albert Blyleven, who was born in Holland, the Netherlands. And, you know, one of the, uh, the the provinces or territories, if you will, of the Netherlands is Curaçao in, in Latin America, where, you know, a lot of players uh, in the past have come from, obviously Andrew Jones being the top one and, and, and Xander Bogarts, players like that. So, you know, if, if you can't have something in, in uh, Aruba or, or Curaçao, obviously the Netherlands... You know, could host a game over over in Amsterdam as you know MLB tries to continue to grow the game in Europe uh, as they are doing with you know the World Baseball Classic, and that's kind of the the biggest thing that we weren't really able to get a chance to kind of touch on that Major League Baseball is already doing. We talked this uh, off season at the winter meetings with. Uh, the Great Joey Mellows, as he should be called now, yeah. the the Baseball Brit, about you know these qualifiers that are going on all the time for these small countries you know uh, uh, israel and and in England, where they don 't get an automatic bid and an automatic berth into the world baseball classic they 're still battling and fighting, and they have coaches and players that don 't have major league experience, but they still want to qualify for the world baseball classic so you know i think bringing the game over there could also be another one of those creative ways to help expand the game to places that might be a little baseball hungry uh, at least to to witness something you know firsthand in that capacity
2: yeah absolutely i think one thing we can agree on for sure is that baseball should be everywhere we we can definitely agree on that well this has been a lot of fun if you guys have thoughts on who made the better arguments let us know at bsn rockies at drew Creaseman, at patrick d lyons and give us some ideas for topics next i think one of the things on the agenda is to go over some of these netting issues and debate some of the best ways that major league baseball can go about improving your watching the game experience we've got some stuff coming up on some of the young players in the game so give us some ideas on things that you would like to see us debate and we will do our best to do that probably do this feature. Sure, about once a week, uh, if, if we can keep ourselves on that <laughs> kind of uh, regimen, uh, just let us know what you think of this because we're having fun with it. So one way or another, we're probably going to keep doing it.
0: And if you want it to be no holds barred, we can go there if we have to. Yeah,
2: if, if you don't like falls count anywhere, you want? To, I, I'm I'm in favor. We've, at first, we thought maybe best two out of three falls. That's too wordy, too wordy. Yeah, too wordy. So we're going with falls count anywhere. Let us know what you think jump in and participate make sure you're following us on the social media at bsn rockies at drew Kreisman, at patrick d Lyons. give us a like share and subscribe on facebook or whatever podcast app you happen to be using out there subscribe to bsndenver.com so you can get access to all of our exclusive articles and just make sure to continue to be absolutely awesome out there we will continue to be absolutely drew creaseman and patrick Lyons in here and until next time we will see you at the ballpark
1: Strava Craft Coffee offers CBD-rich, hemp-oil-infused coffees. This 5280 Editor's Choice for Top Coffee Roaster is an essential part of the day, helping you wake up, fuel up, and achieve your goals. It gets me up, it gets me going. I, I'm, like, I'm becoming pretty pretty caffeine-tolerant, uh, like so they're stronger, like, so it actually wakes me up and gets me going. Get a bag of this award-winning coffee at StravaCraftCoffee.com.